hearing the gospel read by a deacon reminded me of my own diaconate. There's a special prayer that is uttered during the ordination to the diaconate by, by the bishop. And it's just like a prayer instruction. And what it says basically is this, believe what you read, preach what you believe in, and practice what you preach. I rarely re remember quotes like that, but somehow my brain recorded those words, and I have been witness to other diaconate ordinations. So believe what you read or believe what you hear. Preach, pra preach what you believe in and practice what you preach. When we look at the readings today, and it's a continuation ever since we had the, the glorious resurrection, we see what the apostles were doing. They heard the instruction from Jesus, go out into the whole world and proclaim the good news. Proclaim the good news of salvation. Pro proclaim the good news that our life does not end beyond the grave. Proclaim the good news that sins are forgiven in Jesus' name. Proclaim that all of us are called to life of glory, to go out to all the world and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We have heard the proclamation, whether as children or perhaps as adults. Adults, perhaps maybe we are being re-Christianized again, although we were young, and perhaps we have abandoned our faith. But we gather because we are the people of God who have heard the word, and we wish to live it. You know, the, 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 the disciples, after the resurrection of Jesus, not only were eyewitnesses to the event that took place, Yes, Jesus died, suffered, died, but to the event of resurrection, the witnesses to the resurrection. But it wasn't just the fact that Jesus rose from the dead, but what they were proclaiming is that in him, God so loved the world that he gave, gave us the son so that we may have life. They proclaimed not only the event itself, but the meaning of the event, the significance what does it mean that Jesus rose from the dead? What does it mean? Yes, what does it mean is that there's life beyond the grave. What does it mean? That Jesus manifested the truth, as today in the gospel we hear. The one from the above has revealed to us what the Father's will is for us and what he wishes us to receive and what we have. It is important you know, yesterday in our gospel, we know that, you know, the story of Nicodemus, who by night goes to Jesus and asks him, I know what you're doing is of God, because no one can do certain things like you have done. No one can teach and guide and perform these extraordinary miracles. He's a member of the Sanhedrin. He's the one, he wants to know more. 
And he says, how am I to be born again? How can I be born from above? Not possible. And yet Jesus says, it is, because it is the gift of the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit, we are revived again. We are transformed. Because the word of God proclaimed to us is not just the word of another person, it's the word of God, meaning that it has power. It's dynamism in itself. The proclamation of the event is not just a telling another story among other stories, but it's a unique and unrepeatable. It's a gift of God to us. Dearly Church, as we see, gave us a blueprint of the proclamation, how to proclaim, how to announce. It is not someone who just speaks the word, but the one who speaks is a witness. Whether Peter or, or, or the other disciples or even Paul at the end, he knows what they have witnessed. They know what they have seen. They, have known, they know what, what was going on. But, but that which goes beyond that is the power in them. The one who speaks has power. And the power is Peter and John are going to the temple at 9 o'clock a.m. for prayer. And what do they see? Along the way, they see a cripple who was just brought in in front of the temple. As you know, if you go to any European uh, shrines, big shrines, there's a lot of people who are begging there. And so there it is. And what does Peter see? Peter looks at the man who is crippled, and he sees in him faith. He sees in him love, or this type of tenderness. How else can you put it, in other words? And he says, we don't have silver, we don't have gold, but what we have is we give you. We give you that which Christ has brought to us, the power to heal, the power to heal the soul and body. And this is what we give to you. And this is all the problems started from there because the man was, was healed. Then, then, uh, then people who were witnessing there, who were there, they, they, uh, they were kind of looking at Peter and John performing this extraordinary signs, and, and they say, no, this is not us. This is Jesus who is doing this for, you, for, for, for him. He has done this. And all of a sudden, we have the proclamation of the story, the announcement of the story. And this is where all kind of spiraled right into it, and they were arrested. Then, and then what happens during the night? You know, even though the doors were not open, they were transported out of the jail. And that became a profound news again, because the power of God at work in them. And so they find them that they're back in a temple teaching and proclaiming again. And so they're arrested again. And they brought in before Sanhedrin. Today we hear what, what they, these, the, the, the Sanhedrin, they say, why are you doing this? Why are you trying to blame us for the death of this man? You're trying to cause us harm? And they're missing the whole point. He says, no, what we're saying is, is that in Jesus, the one that you have crucified, you did not know better. In him, we have resurrection, we have power, we have life, we have glory, we have everything. So, and how can we not, not proclaim it? Once again, Sainer says, you can't do this. You can't do this. And they say, we cannot follow your instructions because we have to obey God. 
God is the one, and God has touched them. So once again, here we have not only a witness, but, but the power within those who proclaim, the power within, because they are convinced, because the Holy Spirit is given to them. And this is why the transformation, you know, the, you know there, there's a, the revival again, type of revival, uh, especially about some universities. It's only allowing the Holy Spirit to come down again and going back to what was taking place 50 years ago, 49 years ago, trying to do the same, you know, to uh, allow the Holy Spirit to act in us. And the Holy Spirit does something. It's not that, you know, kind of look kind of funny or crazy maybe, but, but he gives us something that convinces us, that inspires us, are, we're willing to go and, and to become the proclaimers of God's word, to be the witnesses. And this is why I think the invitation is not only from first reading, but from the second reading, when Jesus speaks to Nicodemus, he says, the Lord says, I have come to witness that which I know from above. And what is above, that there's a father. And that this father, this God, father, is the one who loves us, that he created us out of love, that he wants us to be with him. This is the proclamation. The proclamation is that people come to know the truth. And once they come, yes, it's a gift of, of God, the gift of, of faith, but it's also our witness that helps him. You know, the, you know I, I remember as a child, we prayed to Our Lady, of perpetual help because it was a great, you know, devotion in the church. And I remember the, this, this lady who had cancer it was two, two houses down the, from our, ours. And, and we heard the, the prayer, prayed for her, for her healing, for her healing, and she was healed. And so witness, and I cannot forget that because I have seen it. I cannot forget that when I went to First Communion, my mom was something had a problem with her throat. I have never known. But she says to me, pray as you receive Holy First Holy Communion, pray for, for my healing, that I may be okay, that my throat be okay. And because she said it a couple of times, she says, pray. She says, the Lord listens to children, especially First Communion. Okay, that's a proclamation of my mom, you know because she says, the Lord does listen. I don't know what happened, but she never complained afterwards. I presume she was healed because she didn't complain. I, you know, I, to, to, to the end of her life, she didn't say anything anymore. So I guess it must have been because if she was bothered. So she didn't tell me that it was healed. She didn't say, but I also speaking to my mom, you know, she didn't long, say too many long prayers, but and she would wake us up. She would always kind of whisper first, thank you, Lord, for my children. Thank you for their, they're okay, you know, whatever. Those little brief prayers became a witness. That's the proclamation, it's a witness. How do we witness? How do we proclaim? How do we announce? Because that's the invitation for us, for each one of us. Hearing Confessions, Divine Mercy Sunday. Beautiful, by the way, we had two beautiful, great, wonderful days. I'm not too sure how many tens of thousands were here, but at least maybe 10 or 15. I do not know. The final votes, the records will come. But I know by being for hours upon hours in the confessional, and 
I was very grateful to God because, you know, sometimes, you know, when you're a young priest, say an hour or two hours seems like maybe it will stretch you thin. But when you're an older priest, and, and especially for Divine Mercy, you can be there for five, six, seven, eight hours, nine hours. And at the end of hearing these confessions, you, you don't feel tired. That's a gift of God, too. Because you know why? It's because seeing each person as a person and seeing in their heart, seeing in their eyes, and many times seeing in their tears, is because God touches them. God touches them. It's not the ideology we proclaim. It's a reality of grace, the reality of God's love. Proclamation always begins with an invitation. Come to me, all who are broken, all who are messed up, all those of you who have all kinds of junk on your life. Even if you've been away from, from God for 30, 40 years, come to me. I will, I will refresh you, renew you, I will forgive you. I will be there for you. And so the invitation comes. But then after the invitation is we share what has happened to us. How many people have told me since, you know, Divine Mercy Sunday what it meant to them, what, what happened to them? Or sometimes we do uh, a parish mission or so, a special mission of Divine Mercy, and then people write to us what, what took place. You know, beautiful. There's someone who says, I'm a Protestant. I was a Protestant, and I'm now in the church because I have heard a year ago, and it touched my heart, you know, the message of mercy, message of love, divine mercy shrine here. What do we do? Proclaim that the Lord's greatest attribute is his mercy. I am love and mercy itself. Teach, proclaim, announce. Proclaim that my love is so great that no human mind or even angelic mind can ever grasp the love that he has for us. I'm loving and serve those who come to me, those who place confidence in me. I will take care like a mother takes care of a child. What a beautiful comparison. This is the, the proclamation of, of, the, of the gospel itself, the truth. And this is why with this the shrine, with the individual churches, beautiful churches, or wherever you are, at home, what type of witness do you give? You know, do you have, do you witness by having a beautiful image of, of our Lord in your home? Because there's more and more, more frequently I see homes without any. And even those who are believers, it seems like, you know, it's not in a, you know, in the, in, in, a, in a, what do you call it, magazines on how, you know, how beautiful your house may be, southern houses or whatever it may be. Uh, this is the proclamation. And, and I think we need today more than ever, you know, proclaiming who the Lord is because people seem to know God, but they don't know him. Christianity is not really well known anymore. Because what happens is the, what we receive is some witnesses of some, some Christians who may not be too good. Uh, and so don't really manifest Christianity, whether in public figures or, you know, priests or bishops. Maybe we don't, we don't proclaim it as clearly as we should. And so people could be uh, pulled away. If this is what Christianity is, if this is what Jesus is, then, then people go and look for some other ideology to find healing. 
But for us, we know the one that we have come to believe in. We have come to know him in a special way, in a particular way. And so it is worth uh, for us to give witness, whether it's through silence, when we should not speak, whether it should be, whether it's through words, at the moments where we need to witness, whether it's how we take care of each other. You know, the early church was known is by the one simple fact, how they love one another, how they care one for one another, how they care for the sick, how they care for those who are broken in any way, the manifestation of and proclamation through our, our being, the way we are, how we live, uh, live out, how we present ourselves. And so it's not that there's something extraordinary here, but, but that which the bishop utters words of a, for the deacon, but I think we should receive the same words for each one of us. Believe what you read, believe the witnesses, believe the gospel, believe the, the message of mercy, believe, proclaim, teach what you believe in, because otherwise there are empty words. And then, and then practice what you preach, what you teach, what you say. We have not only the word of God given to us, we don't, not only do we have the power of the Holy Spirit in us, but then Jesus comes to us and he makes sure that we are nourished by the very presence of God. That we're nourished and transformed into likeness of God's Son. Incredible, absolutely incredible and beautiful that we have this gift. We have received the Eucharist on Divine Mercy Sunday, not only as, as, a, as the power of God given to us, but also forgiveness of sins, anything which holds us back so that we may be ready to enter the portals of, of heaven. But as we know that to live not only on Divine Mercy Sunday, but also to live each day by reading scripture for half an hour, by adoring the Lord Jesus in the Eucharist, um, praying the rosary, you know, meditating on, on, on the mysteries of the rosary for half an hour. These are possibilities for us to obtain plenty of indulgence. Again, seeking the seeking the, the, the gift of, 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 of special grace. And yes, along with receiving the Eucharist and praying the prayer for the Holy Father or, and, and also trying to be detached from our weaknesses, asking the Lord always, you have to help me to overcome so that I may be focused only on loving you alone, not being divided in heart. So may the Lord then through this Eucharist give us the grace to become a son and daughter of God destined for the joys of eternal life, the joys of glory. Hello. 
I'm Father Thaddeus Langton of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception, and I'm excited to let you know about my new podcast with Father Timothy Childers called Keeping It Marian. To access the podcast, simply visit divinemercyplus.org or search Keeping It Marian on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on whatever podcast platform you prefer. I want to share with you the riches of the charism of the Marian Fathers, which is the mystery of the Immaculate Conception, how it touches our lives as consecrated priests and religious, and how this mystery can bear fruit in your life, especially by keeping the Word of God and pondering it in our hearts in imitation of our Blessed Mother. I hope you'll join us. Again, it's called Keeping It Marian. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.